Introducing sun mythology from all over the globe, here on the Colored Folklore Podcast. Episode 15, Zambia, Africa, Lozi Sun God. Once, very long ago, there was a god named Niambi. Niambi lived with his wife, the goddess, Nasailili. Niambi went to great lengths to fill the land with all sorts of plants, all sorts of geographical formations and landscapes, before moving on to animals, birds, reptiles, and insects. Bringing forth all the life and beauty on this planet, Niambi turned to his wife and smiled. She smiled back, and things were good. But before he was completely done, Niambi brought forth one final creation. Komonu was different than anything brought before him. Komonu was the first human being on the planet, and Komonu deeply loved his creator. Though Niambi had completed the task of creating life, he would spend nearly every moment building something else. Niambi loved very much to build with wood, so whenever Niambi would construct a boat or a structure, Komonu would run to his side and watch intently before trying to do the same. Whenever Niambi would forge a scythe or a plow from iron, Komonu would nearly fall into the flames, hinging on his creator's every move. Niambi wasn't exactly comfortable having this human being hovering over his shoulder. Of course he loved his creation. Of course he wanted to see this being thrive. And of course, he was very thankful Komonu was so intelligent and curious and enjoyed taking part in the things Niambi himself enjoyed. However, a little bit of space might be nice. Going for a walk one early morning by himself, Niambi left before Komonu had awoken. When the human being opened his eyes and could not find the creator, he set about taking advantage of his newly discovered skills. Fashioning a length of polished wood onto a sharp portion of iron, Komonu created the world's first weapon. And he couldn't wait to test it out. Niambi was coming back from his walk, refreshed and recommitted to teaching Komonu about the world, when suddenly he realized something was wrong. Hurrying the rest of the way, Niambi came upon Komonu yanking his spear out of an antelope. Niambi's jaw hit the ground as the antelope shuddered and died. Komonu stood above it, smiling. There were other corpses strewn about the land, and before Komonu could even say a word, Niambi snatched the spear out of his hand and broke it over his knee. Niambi roared that this was not the way of the world. Komonu protested that larger animals killed smaller animals all the time. Yes, but not like this, Niambi countered. They hunt for food, for sustenance. They hunt to survive. Death is natural. Weaving his hand over the hill, Niambi sneered at the human being. Nothing about any of this is natural. Komonu may have wanted to apologize. The human may have felt bad for his actions. But we'll never know. 
for the man simply folded his arms and turned his back to his creator. Eyes flaring wide at the petulant child, Niambi exiled Komonu to a far-off land and set about the task of burying and honoring the dead. It had been quite some time since the human being left, and Nasailili noticed that Niambi's anger had only morphed into sadness. She knew that he missed his creation, and she assured him that his creation must also miss him back. He told her he wanted to bring Komonu back into the fold. She pursed her lips and thought. After a little while, she simply told him, Be prepared for all avenues if you allow a human back into your garden. Her words no sooner hit the air than Niambi realized exactly what he needed to do. Bringing Komonu out of exile, Niambi accepted the human being back under two strict conditions. Number one, there was no more killing, ever. Number two, Komonu would need to learn to tend the garden. Turning his building skills toward tilling the land, Niambi helped guide Komonu in creating a massive garden that they both were very proud of. One day, Buffalo wandered into the garden and destroyed a good portion of it. Infuriated, Komonu grabbed his tools and savagely killed the buffalo. So caught up in his bloodlust, Komonu began stomping some of the garden himself. He killed an eland that happened to be wandering by, and he massacred his own dog after it had simply crossed into his path. Realizing what he had just done, Komonu dropped his tools in horror and ran, panic-stricken, all the way to Niambi. He had to beg for forgiveness. He had to explain he had... he had slipped. That it was just a mistake. He needed another chance. Arriving, breathless, Komonu was surprised to see his dog laying at his creator's feet. Aware that the human being was unsure of what was going on, Niambi sighed deeply and explained. He was God. He carried heaven within himself. So upon arrival to heaven, no matter what the creature, Niambi knew about it, and he could do whatever he liked with that creation. Immediately, Kamonu asked his creator to share with him these gifts. Niambi asked incredulously, have you forgotten what you've just done? Komono told him, no, no, that's why I need your most precious gift. I can fix this. I can bring them all back. Simply teach me how to create life. Niambi dropped his head in defeat. His creation had foolishly unleashed unnatural death into this world. And now, it felt as if it could responsibly handle giving life. Komonu greedily shook his head yes, and Niambi gave the man what he wished for. Other human beings would soon populate the world. Human beings, together, would now have the power to bring further life into the world. But they would never have Niambi's ability to control the afterlife and to control death. The first human had failed twice. 
and Niambi no longer wanted to be in the presence of any of these creations. Niambi and a silent Nasalili left that land across a great expanse of water. They thought they had left Kimono behind. However, not too long after arriving on the new shore, Kimono appeared behind them as a speck on the horizon, sailing on a raft made of reeds. Kimono longed to be near his creator and wanted, no, deserved a third chance creating a gargantuan mountain between creator and creation. Niambi and Nasalili settled down to their life. Sure, Kimono would not be able to crest the mountain the same way he had crossed the sea. It took some time, and quite a bit of doing, before Kimono did indeed come hiking through the wilderness, approaching the god and the goddess. At this point, human beings had begun to populate more and more of the earth, and Niambi and Nasalili did not know where they could go next. Niambi asked all the birds in the sky to scout out a location for the god and goddess, but they soon returned back and reported there was nowhere they could find. Niambi turned to the wise Nasalili and asked her where she thought they might go. Nasalili smiled a weary smile and told her husband to seek the help of the spider. Niambi smiled quizzically. The spider? Nasalili nodded. The spider was wise and strong and wove a fine tapestry. All things they needed in this very moment. She pointed over the god's shoulder and he turned around. The sun beat brightly down and the god had to shield his eyes. Lifting his hand to his face, he was able to make out a spider web directly in his field of vision, as if it encompassed the entire sun. Thinking for a moment, Niambi smiled. The god whispered to the spider, and the spider bowed low. Spinning a web all the way into the sky, Niambi and Nasalili followed the spider all the way up. Not soon after they left the land, Kimonu came about the same location and saw them fleeing into the sky. Bringing together all the men and women of the land, Kimonu told them of the power possessed by their creator and that he knew where God could be found. They began building a tower, one to reach the heavens. Building higher and higher, human beings came closer and closer to the sun. But before long, the tower began to sway and crumble under its own weight. Before the humans could do anything, it came crashing to the ground, taking with it a great number of humans that were there only in hopes of pillaging the land of the gods. Making sure that humankind stay with its feet planted firmly on the ground, Niambi and Nasalili decided to keep watch all day and all night over the beings that had chased them off the planet with their thirst for power and desire for control. Niambi would live in the sun, and Nasalili would live in the moon. From that day forward, and for the rest of his life, Kimonu would greet the rising sun each and every morning, making sure to let the Creator know that human beings were still here, that they loved and missed their Creator, but that they would never 
stopped trying to reach him. And, according to the Lozi people of Southern Africa, that is the story of how the sun found its place in the sky. All elements used for today's show are in the show notes, alongside contact information for the show. Have a wonderful day, and please make sure to treat yourself and others with kindness. Please seek out, ingest, and preserve local and global indigenous folklore as much as you can. And thank you for listening today. We look forward to seeing you next episode.